There's a dude on the fire. He's in a circle. He has his left foot inside left foot in the circle. And another dude pulling him back on a on, on a resistance band. And he's going around, dribbling outside the cone, outside the um tire. And another dude punching him. <laughs> One foot at a time. One yes. foot at a time. One foot out. Ball outside. Yeah, he's making a circle and another dude punching. Punching him. All right, so you're right. Great question. We don't know. <laughs> punching him like physically. Punching him physically. Like, I guess he's going to say, like, so he trying to say, I guess that's some type of resistance, like dribbling against the contact and the resistance bands while having one foot in. Like, yo, dudes just be thinking of some. And not even on a pavement. It was on grass. Grass. It was on grass. Grass. I'm sure it wasn't. Like how I would show you the like a like a clown in it. It was clown. No, this is real though. Like that. That's what it was. Something. This was something that literally was clowning basically because this was real. Like this dude was like, "Yo, play development." Da 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 da. Like come train with us, type shit. Come train with us. And he. This is what we're doing. Like you know how you put on display. This is what we're doing. This is this is this that was his go to. All right. So I see the I see the I see the whole concept change. I'm like, yeah, this is too much. Team Corporate, and I'm here with some of my distinguished guests. I have um, Alan Watson um, and I have Ken Robinson. Um, we're going to discuss basically the culture of basketball training um, and they're going to tell you a little bit about who they are um, and then basically just talk about how we as trainers can come together and just make a, make a big pack and how we can make things a lot better on a basketball skill development level. Um, Alan, tell a little people about who you are. Um, Alan Watson, uh, A Game Training. Um, based out of New Jersey, uh, I do a lot of game, game situation, uh, basketball, uh, a lot of skill, skill development, youth all the way up to the to the pro level, mm -hmm. uh, but a lot of again basics, uh, depending on the type of player it is. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I do different things to guards. Um, you know, once I get an assessment of it, then I know kind of what what to focus on for that player, you know, and what position he is. And uh, I think with the younger kids, I don't really focus on positions because mm -hmm. you never know how they grow right. or what position they'll be. So I do it with the young kids a little bit of everything. Um, but I also do a lot of uh, performance enhancement training, mm -hmm. which I try to, the unique thing about me is I try to incorporate both, being that I'm um, really certified in the performance part, right. learning the body and nutrition and stuff. And I tie that, intertwine it with the basketball skills. So I do a lot of uh, unique things, I guess, with the performance part, using it and knowing how the basketball, how we use, how the body works and the most of the muscles that we use. Um, so it's like a dovetail between both 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 yeah, worlds. Yeah, it's so, and I think it's really unique. And I really need to capitalize off of, because uh, I don't really, when we talk about the social media, I'm mm -hmm. not a big social media person. Mm -hmm. But it's some things that I uh, I definitely want to show the world. Right. I think that really can help a lot of people. Okay. And to your left, we have um, uh, Kenneth Gooch Robinson of um, Ice Training. Uh, tell the people who you are. Uh, Kenneth Gooch Robinson, Ice Basketball Training. Um, out of Bronx, based out of Bronx, New York. Pretty much 
doing much of the same things like uh, the brother Allen is doing, working with the youth on up to the collegiate and pro level, um, really focusing on game translation, uh, preferably on the youth level, working on skills that translate to a higher level of basketball, whether you're in elementary school, things that'll work in high school, if you're in high school, things that'll translate to collegiate ranks. If you're in collegiate ranks, things that should translate to the NBA ranks. Um, or overseas or however, wherever the game may take you across the globe. And really honing in on the fundamentals, I think that's becoming a part of the game mm -hmm. that's being uh, not focused on um, the trickery, right. so to speak, is being so much, mm -hmm. being focused on so much. Right. Um, uh, guys are working on enhancing their advanced stuff more than working on enhancing right. what really really is going to get you from point A to point B. Right. So that's really my my point of emphasis, so to speak. Gotcha. Okay. So for those that do not know, the premise of this um, podcast is basically New York City based the Mecca and is considered New York, is New York City still considered the Mecca? And we're going to take a different route today. We're going to speak, like, like I mentioned, some trainers that can basically vouch for New York City and also New Jersey because I know that you do both. You mm -hmm. come across the bridge and up in tunnel. Um, and, and work some New York players, and how we as New York City, Metro New Jersey area, can become the Mecca that we once were, or are we still the Mecca that we perceive ourselves to be as in years past? Um, that's a good question, Leo. You know, do you feel that um, New York City is the Mecca? The Mecca of basketball? Oh, basketball, yeah. Yes. Okay, what makes you say that? Just the history. I mean, right. the history alone is, Second to none, you know. Um, that's all we, growing up, that's all you knew. You know, just traveling to, in New York, we see basketball courts everywhere. Right. I mean, that was probably one of the most amazing things. Like, you know, when we were coming up in Jersey, we always had to, we always were in the shadow of New York City right. guard, you know, especially the guards. Mm -hmm. So it was like, um, I remember seeing times like, it's. There's no way they can be good because they have courts on every single corner. Right. You know what I mean? Right. It's like they have no choice. And so, but the challenge as we started getting older and start high school now it becomes a challenge. So it's like we want to play in New York. Right. To to, to yeah, that's the best. Yeah, that's you know. So um, for sure, it's the mecca or something. Good. I think that. It's a double-edged, it's, it's, I have two answers, man. <laughs> yes and no. Uh -huh. I think that the history, the lineage tells you, yes, we have rich history. Right. We have, I mean, just, you could argue Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who's a New York City native, is the greatest ball player of all time. I mean, you can bring Mike, you can bring Braun into it, but right. we have a guy who you could argue is the greatest high school, collegiate, and pro basketball player mm -hmm. of all time, born and raised in this, in, this, in this city. We have some of the best guards to ever come out of the city that ever bounced that orange round thing, uh -huh. period. Guys that have led the league in scoring and assisting the same season. So, straight out of this city, you know? And then countless stories, some of the saddest stories in the right. game we've ever heard right. come mm -hmm. from this same city. Right. So, yeah, I think we are the Mecca, but then, at its current juncture, our city isn't keeping up with what was going on in you guys' generation. Right, it's, right. it's not. Yeah. It's just not happening. Yeah. And there are plenty of reasons why. 
but I, I mean, we can get into that later. Right. But so that's where I, that's where I stand. Yes and no. That's a great segue to my next question because you're you're coming from a different perspective. You're across the bridge. Mm -hmm. Last year, New Jersey yeah. was that ish. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, compared to other places in in, in, um, yeah. in, in, in Northeast and also America. No um, What made that class the last two years that you guys? What made that class so special? If you could speak about not necessarily the names. But what were you guys doing over there? Um, shit, you guys had. I think you had one or two years. You had Jason Williams. You had Paul yeah, Towns. You had like you had pros. But you know, it's funny. I had this conversation with um, the guy who what's his name? Who trained, who's the who's the founder of Team Takeover? Mm -hmm. Keith. Keith. Okay. Yep. So we have we were having this conversation about Jersey and that the DC area too, mm -hmm. whatever. But I think the thing that um, that got us to that point was the, the coaching staff. Mm -hmm. We had you had Hurley, you had um, Kevin Boyle, mm -hmm. you know, all at the same time. That's right. So they carried a lot of weight. They demanded. So you had people coming from everywhere trying to get to True. those coaches. You know. True. So um, I think that was a big thing for for us in Jersey. At with those two guys. Right. The, from who was that? Uh, what's his name? Uh, I played with Kevin Boyd, Kyle Anderson, uh, Gilchrist. That was like a crazy couple of years. Right. Of oh, right. Yo, pop. So yeah, but I think it started with the coaches that, right? Uh, and especially those two guys spearheading it um, and what they demanded to respect. So it just was a culture of you know when you went to those two programs, you were going to get coached. Right. They were going to be nationally ranked, you know what I mean? So that carried the weight. And I would say because of those two coaches that you mentioned, there was obviously others, mm -hmm. but they raised the bar so yeah. high that mm -hmm. the programs, and I'm not knocking this program, but let's say like a Hudson Catholic, yeah. they wanted to be, mm -hmm. they wanted to be same. Right. Yeah. They, they, so that was the bar. Yeah. Uh, Hurley and Boyd was Roselle the bar. Roselle Catholic. National power now. Right. Yeah. You know. I know that Linden, Linden was nice too at one point. Yeah, Linden, Linden was good, but you still, Hurley had a little bit a time at St. Benedict's with um, with his son. No, Danny, 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 Actually, them three at the same time were really um, producing a lot. Yeah, they had, they had a lot mm -hmm. of content. Yeah, they did. And that, and that made us a little upset, too, because yeah. we had last year, I think, that the Jelly Fam um, um, phenomenon was Isaiah. Isaiah, but that was not last year, two years ago. It was Isaiah, but it was mostly them Jersey Jersey's cats, right? Yeah. It was like three, mm -hmm. three, yeah. two, three of them. Oh, before this Chris closed. Patterson Catholic, Catholic had it on and on and popping. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Corn had went and no more. Oh, yeah. They had the Morris boys yeah. playing along yeah. in Colorado. Yeah, they had it on and popping. Yeah. Miles Mack before right. the school mm -hmm. shut down. Right. They had it popping. And keep in mind this is New York City, the Mecca. We're talking about Jersey, but we're just trying to draw a comparison yeah. for you guys to let you know that this area is producing a lot. However, I would say, going to record and say, piggyback on you guys, New York will always be the Mecca. Um, because of what New York encompasses, but um, we still this past year class has been it's pretty good. The 2019 yeah. class is pretty good from a New York standpoint. Although many of those kids do not go to school in New York, yeah. 
Yeah. Um, they're still representing um, in New York, and they're doing, a very, they're doing a pretty good job as far as representing what we stand for in New York. Um, do you think that, which is probably, do you think that the training is different than it was in yesteryear? I absolutely think the training is different than it was, say, even 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. Because now, first off, every kid has a trainer. Whether you're good, bad, or in between, right. every kid has a trainer. Um, so yeah, the, tra the training is different. You had, we, we all worked on generic basketball things that we were taught by older gentlemen in our lives. Do it in park. Yeah, yeah, do it in our park. I mean, I literally learned how to step into a shot the correct way and step in with your inside foot first and yeah. the outside following yeah. from a bus drop, straight up and down. A dude that used to take his lunch <laughs> at a certain time uh -huh. taught me how to step into a walk. In the walk. Yeah, straight up and down. So like, yo, you stepping into the shot ball. Let me show you something. Uh -huh. So that was that was our trainers. Our trainers was just some dude with a beard yeah. giving you a tip and that yeah. was it. Yeah. And you and you honed that tip for like three weeks. So I mean, yeah, the training changed tremendously and for some kids it's a benefit. Right. And for some kids a negative right um it all depends on who you work with yeah. um and also your 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 mentality um what you come from in your household right. matters as well as far as the type of player you're going to ultimately become um i think players from your you guys ever had a certain element of hunger uh i think they they truly love the game and not the fame that came right. with it right and th that's lacking today Kids more so love, or players even today, let me not just say kids, players that are grown men today love what comes with being good rather than actually being good. Right, 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 right. You know, and focusing on, man, I need to get this good so I can bust this dude's ass. Not, I need to get this good so I can make this amount of money or so I could go to the club and tell people how I had 20, you know, or whatever have you. Um, and then, from from my understanding, guys who were elite, so to speak, always had someone they could work with from from the beginning of the time, from the fifties on, on, whatever, whatever, whatever happens. So, mm -hmm. so, but guys, but the thing is, guys who were elite of yesteryear, let's just say, let's, let's use let's let's use uh Mr. Jabbar and Mr. Couch for example, mm -hmm. because those guys have a, those two gentlemen have a great relationship from 50, 50 60 50, years right. ago. Right. Mr. Couch could hold Mr. Jabbar accountable, mm -hmm. probably still to this day, mm -hmm. and and there's no problem with that. They, 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 they're men. Jabbar has a certain respect for Mr. Couch. Right. Today, that doesn't exist. Dudes, mentors, pop bottles with them. Right. Right. Yeah, that's right. Dude, dude that helped, that watched you grow up, is drinking Moet with you in the right. club. How in the world can I respect you? Right. How in the world can I take what you're saying yeah. to be? serious, truthful, or whatever have you. It's just like, I mean, I don't know, everyone who's watching this, I don't know where you may, might have grown up, but in the hood, we all had someone who was like some big homie OG that we respected. Right. But then cracking dope hit the hood, and right. we didn't respect that OG like that. Right. No more, right. Because you do crack when you do dope. Right. It's the same concept right. when you're talking about your trainer or your mentor or anything like that. Like you're indulging in some type of behavior that is supposed to be beneath you. Yeah. At least in front of my eyes, right. it's supposed to be beneath right. you. Right. So I can't really accept that you're holding me accountable. And then that's where that friction comes in, and guys just aren't getting to the same places that they need to get to, aren't being hungry right. like they should, aren't being held to the same standards 
that they once were held. So, okay. And then it, it just dwindles down from that point. So how do we bring that, and that, and that, that goes geographically like, throughout yeah. the whole nation, yeah. world, whatever the case mm -hmm. may be. How do we get that back? And I yelled at um, my grandparents not too long ago, mm -hmm. and I said that I, the softness of today yeah. is a direct relationship to how you guys treated my father and then how he treated yeah. me because now I don't have, I don't have the, with my kid doesn't have the same hunger, but our job as parents is to put your right. kids in a different position than they were yeah. before. So now they have too many options. Yeah. Right, before, like if it was just steak for dinner, if he was a vegetarian, you didn't eat. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> pretty, pretty simple concept. Now you don't have that, you have your tofu, you have this, you have that, you have that. You know, how, how do we bring that, that type of hunger back? If it, yeah. Or is it possible? I think it's very difficult because it, you know, I think about, young kids that I train, um, parents have come to me, because right? I'm, I'm, I'm so hard on them, because you know, at molding them at that age is so important. Formative years. So, can I, can kids, I finish your sentence? Huh? Can I finish your sentence? <laughs> I guess sort of, they want you to be hard on them because they can't be hard on so them. So, when they can't do something, it's like, could you tell them? Yeah. Da, da, da. yeah. So, I'm the bad guy, but you're cool with but. I'm, they're only with me for this short time. Right. Once they leave, okay, I'm the bad guy, they get it. But then when they get in that car and they go away, now they got options, like right. I said, they right. got, you know, so many options. So it's hard, even as a trainer, um, trainers let kids get away with stuff because if I have this kid that's a high major kid, I don't want to lose him because I can't, you know, that's, that's my ticket or that's my promotion. So. Let them get away with stuff. Right. Everybody else around them, let them get away with stuff. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? So right. it's just, it's so hard to, um, the parents, oh, it's, I got into it with the coach. Oh, transform out. Oh, oh, six different schools. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So everything, they don't fight through anything. So it's, it's, it makes it harder for us right. as a trainer. So, you know, now they come to a person that's stern, it's your way on the highway. Right. It's like, all right, we out. That's because that's what they're used to. Right. Oh, Coach Bucket, I'm out. You know what I mean? Like, right. So, I'm trying to be over yeah, here. Yeah, right? and it's that person gonna let them do whatever. Like you said, that's my boy. Right. Bro, I see how that's you know. Oh, man. <laughs> so Little it bro makes it hard. That's gonna come off big, and when this commitment start coming out. Yeah. Then I hate my my little bro. Congratulations yeah. going to the Bro, so, okay. mm -hmm. so it's kind of. So that's why even sometimes. I do a lot of sarcastic stuff, honestly, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And it's, I, even once I came back from, with Vic, I, the first thing I started posting was some little kids. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I let people know, like, I'm, the same thing I give him, I give this kid. Right. No, I'm not, I'm never going to claim myself as a, uh, a NBA trainer. Like, uh, it doesn't matter, I'm a trainer, I'm right. going to work with, I'll train a goat if it, you know what I mean? If you try to play ball, like, I'll try, you know what I mean? It's not, Figure so, it out. you know, but it just so happens that, you know, I'm blessed to get to that, to, to be able to travel with them, mm -hmm. you know, a pro or whatever, but that was, I'm, I just love training, mm -hmm. no matter what, you know, what age or what, whatever. Okay, well, here's a question for you. If you were to remove, what would you change about the, the training culture right now as it exists in you know, New York City, the world, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, what would you change about, about um, <laughs> <laughs> objection leading? <laughs> what would I change? What I would want to change is 
literally, it's, it's case sensitive because mm -hmm. it's something that it's by a case by case basis that each individual may or may not want to indulge in. Mm -hmm. But I would change the attention seeking that goes on in training because I think nowadays there's more of an emphasis on that than it is on actually making players better right. and and results being found. Um, the result that seems like a lot of people are looking for is more clients, more followers, more likes, more attention, fame, notoriety, but not making guys better that just truly through and through. And you're speaking about the trainers. Speaking about the trainers. Speaking about the trainers because the kids didn't create the culture. Right. It was the adults. Right. The kids are just partaking in what the adults created. Right. You know. So I would I would want to change the attention seeking that comes with the training industry, so to speak. And then it's also um, it's, it's just going flowing right on down to the kids. The yeah. kids are chasing attention right. and, 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 and and notoriety so much that they're forgetting. I need to get better. Right. I need to do this. Right. I need to do that. Yeah. I need to. You'll have a kid. Literally, we see this these things all the time, and you guys can can chime in if I'm wrong. You'll be working with a kid who literally maybe spends 90 minutes per day. Right. After school. Right. On social media, you'll have a kid who you might walk past him in the gym. He's watching his own highlight. You walk past him 15 minutes later, he's still watching his same right, right. Just seeing how many more likes he might have gotten on it. Yeah. But that comes from him seeing old boy, who's yeah. my guy, watching his own video right. over and over and over and right. seeing how many likes he got. Right. You know, they just copy what they see. So the attention seeking, man. So that, we, we, is it safe to say that social media has, to a certain extent, helped as well as hindered basketball development and training? Um, from the adult standpoint, as well as the the, the, um, the trainee standpoint, because um, and, and I say that piggybacking on what you said, Gooch, as far as the trainers are quick to run to them. Mm -hmm. They're running. They run into the gym like this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm working out. I'm about to work out right now. Um, and then that trickles down to the to the youngins. Um, is, is that a safe assessment on my behalf? I said that social media is helping as well as hindering a little bit. Uh, definitely. Yeah, I would say that. I think it's uh, could you become famous now for social media? Yeah, yeah. yeah. check. But I think that yeah, I, I, that was another thing. Of, I just really learned about the blue check. This summer, I'm blue checking like summer. Oh God, got the blue check. Like, what's the blue check? Yeah, and it's like that. That means you're official, or you're yeah. who you are, or something along those yeah. lines. Yeah, certified. Like, oh, I'm like, nah, I never heard of blue check. I'm like, damn. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, 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 but you know, I, I think that um, the thing that bothers me is that I think the trainers are being more, trying to be more creative than the player. For me, I, you know, I, I, everything is mental. You know what I mean? So, I, to my approach, it's a mental. So, like, I, I try not to use cones because I'm trying to get you to understand where you are on the floor. Space. So it's like, okay. You should know when you're in this area, this is attack. Right. I'm gonna be I'm a threat. Whether shooting, attacking the basket. So all our moves, attack, we're gonna be in this area. Mm -hmm. You know, so your mindset, so if, even if I have you doing something full court, 
and then pushing the ball, I know, and most of them know where their attack is on this. Right. And you get this area, it's like, it's quick. Let's get ball back. And even, you know, you know, I call myself like the point guardian angel, right? Mm -hmm. So on the court, it's an area, right? The foul line, right inside the foul line. So the guards know, like, this is point guard's heaven. We get to this, anything we do, I'm not even worried about the person that's in front of me. I'm worried about the help of the next one. Right. So we get to this point, this is going to cause a reaction. Either they're going to let me just keep scoring, scoring. or big man ain't going to come up, you drop off, guards collapse, you kick. So social media as a whole, whether basketball or not, has give, given people way more access to information right. than we've ever had. Right. So I can never say something that's providing more information it's just totally all bad. Right. You have certain kids, there's a kid sitting somewhere that goes on your Instagram, your Instagram, everyone's at, every trainer's Instagram across the country, there's some kid that he's literally stealing something from each of you guys' Instagrams and he's gonna be a hell of a player right there. So I can't say, nah, man, social media is, is all bad. Right. Nah, there's some kid making himself a hell of a player right. off of social media. Right. But then there's some kid that's making himself a horrible player social media. So that so there there it goes right there. You know, some some will benefit off right. of it, some won't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 A kid, what like so you're gonna get a certain look, and how you should attack that certain look. Um, I'm a firm believer of just like traps in general, like traps or any type of press. Attack the dude that runs up, not the like the first dude. Like attack the one that's running up. So yeah. So I would go over that principle over and over. Attack the dude that's running up, and as you're so like as you're knifing through, working working on keeping your head up and knifing through the defense. Attack the dude that's attack the dude that's running up, and as you're maneuvering up the court, keep on attacking the one that you see that's running up. So whoever is running up, go go their way, like go right at them, as opposed to like so. There's gonna always probably be one guy that's in your vicinity, right? Because it's just so many bodies. So that one dude that's in your vicinity, ah, right, you got him. Don't worry about him. This dude running up, get right at him. Yeah, he running up, get right at him. And just keep keep on okay. pushing it. And, and I'm smiling because I swear, and this is why you guys are here at the Mega of the podcast. Because I knew you guys would have an answer. I from watching the film, I tell you, I was watching, I watched a lot of film, but I noticed uh, he had a great year playoffs. Mm -hmm. But now there's no secret, so they're going to be running and jumping at the ball. Yeah, yeah, double. Yeah. So the strategy, strategically, towards the end of summer for him going into team stuff was to work on traps, like splitting different ways of splitting traps, people coming at you either. And it was it was fun. It's kind of similar to what we just talked about. It was fun trying to break down and figure out like what was gonna work best for me. You know what I mean? Like even at that level, it's the same concept. Same concept. You know what I mean? It was the same thing. And I would always I would always use Cleveland because that was like the last right. you know what I mean? Right. But it was that same concept, like, okay, you have LeBron or Tristan coming. I'm gonna attack this thing, you know what I mean? Like, get no, yeah, make him bite for something. He's gonna bite for something. Like, it was, so it was, that was, that was definitely a good, um, yeah, I can't think I slipped my mind. But do you, do you utilize analytics in your training? I, um, um, I would say, all right, so like, <laughs> like, Mitch sp sp spitting out numbers in the training session? No, right. but, 
going over film on my own and saying to myself, maybe not even looking at the numbers, but just saying to myself, this is efficient here, this is inefficient here. Right. But every once in a while, especially with college guys, I will go over, uh, I will go over the analytics as well and be like, oh, this ain't adding up here, buddy. Right. And we got yeah, and we gotta we gotta attack this. Right. So I think there's a place for analytics and there's a place for the eye test right. um, in the game. I don't think either one needs to be leaned on more than the other. Right. I think with a modernized approach and a modernized way of thinking, um, we can't say all eyes, all eyes, right. but also we can't lean on all modern and say it's all numbers, all numbers. Right. It's it's a mixture of both. And yeah, I do, I do lean on the numbers somewhat mm -hmm. to come up with a regime for what what it is that a young man needs to work out, work on. Uh, yeah. No, no, I, no. You just study film and see like Johnny's getting his shots here in the, in the offense. Yeah. You're gonna work on Johnny getting his shots here. Yeah, that or you know, depending on what um, you know what they might need to work on. Yeah, I watch different films for different things. Right. As far as numbers and no, okay. I, don't, I have no. It's okay. funny. I'm a diehard whole fan. I always even mess with they, they always mess with me about that. But I never. I don't have pads. I don't. Yeah. Right. I, it's just right. I just do everything. on Instagram. Right. And it's right. Like everything. Oh, right. And I'm and I'm one of the most forgetful people. <laughs> I promise you. Uh huh. Ever. But when it comes to that and regiments, it's yeah. shocked. Like, so, so you don't need the numbers to know. You know, yeah. Yeah. Right, right. Like we need to work on what yeah. we're yeah. right. Yeah, I, I don't. I, I really don't have a. Uh, I've never. I mean, I've never had a pad. Even when I first learned, I told you about the New York Sports Club. Uh -huh. like, they try to tell you to oh, get this pad, right? And I, from then, I was like, I would be like that. So it's pretty natural. This comes naturally. Yeah, that, that's why I don't know if I was talking to him before, but I was saying I felt. Like I was destined when I said from a kid, when I was a kid, being seventh, eighth grade, I was like a forward center. Right. To them saying you're gonna be a point guard in high school, like the work ethic, you know what I mean? Just remembering all the different drills. Like, right. It just became how it happened was just like that. When I used to say I was this close to making the NBA, why I work hard, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? To now when I reflect on it, it's like this it would all make sense to where I am now, it all works out. But So like I mentioned earlier, the premise is and this is maybe this this is actually gonna put it more like uh, the premises of the podcast is what makes you a culture um, curator, somebody that basically massages and, and, and shapes stuff going on in New York City and also New Jersey area. Um, the reason why you were chosen because, um, although you're not a big social media guy, people in the know know um, who you are and what you're representing and who you're working out with. And I'm, we're not here to say anything about who you're working out with. That's between you and your clients. But what would you say regarding the culture of basketball training in New York City? What needs to improve? What needs to improve? Same point I stated earlier. <laughs> Let's stop chasing attention. Let's stop chasing fame, notoriety. Right, because no one knows who, exactly who you are for the most part. Yeah. Because you're, you're way behind the scenes. Yeah. Unless you you work with me hands on or your father, mother, right. mentor, 
said, hey, I want to take you to go work with this dude, then nah, you probably don't know that much about me, you've never seen, right. seen me, you probably just heard my name, that's all. Right. Um, and everyone's different, man. Some people like attention, some people, that boosted some people's self-esteem. Right. If that's your self-esteem booster, who am I to say, hey, don't go get your own self-esteem boost. Right. Mental health is running rampant throughout America. <laughs> right, right. I'm not well, touching we'll yeah, okay. I'm not gonna touch touch that topic. Right, you know? right. But that heavy focus and emphasis on fundamentals in, right. in the game. Because fundamentals are fundamentals are they don't change, man. From the time you're five years old to the time you're 55 years old, right. that same stuff that you were taught at five works all the way through. The only thing, the guys get taller, longer, more athletic, yeah. and smarter. That's it. Mm -hmm. Other than that, if you continue to hone your fundamentals and tweak them and then fine tune them, you can be a hell of a basketball player. So. Focus on him. Keep going. So, emphasizing the fundamentals, not chasing attention. Trainers holding their holding their clients and the youth more accountable. Holding yourselves accountable first. Holding ourselves accountable because even I have my nonsense with me as well. Every single one of us do. So, holding ourselves accountable even more and then holding the youth accountable. Not letting them get away with a bunch of nonsense because the only thing we're doing is just letting them head to a, a dead end, head to a dead end, and, and, and you're not even trying to put a red light and stop sign in front of them. You're saying, hey man, go on, go ahead to that dead end because I'm having a good time as you ride along to that dead end. Uh, and, I, and, I, and I always, again, I do just my little sarcasm, but uh, I say, I'm, I'll say sometimes, I'm probably the most boring trainer ever. You know, I got to be. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, um, and another thing that I try to focus on, and I, I, I try to get other young trainers to try to incorporate is, you know, if you look at most training sessions, it's more aspects of the game than just offense. You know what I mean? Just I have the ball. Right. So that's how the game looks now. Sometimes it's like it's like the Harlem Wizards, the N one mixtape where you got it. Okay, we sit and watch him. Right. And he got it. Okay, now we watch you. You know what I mean? So you know, I try to focus on a lot of like moving without the ball. Right. Back cuts. Fundamental. Right. Uh, Fundamental. You know right. what I mean? But just stuff that doesn't look good on camera because who wants to see somebody just doing you know, right. back, back us. Yeah, so um, kids know. We already know when you come. When you come, it's gonna be something. Today we're focusing on this. It's right. not always just combination dribbles and you know what I mean? Um, sometimes I passing like passing is a thing that underrated is underrated. It's like it I have this thing called a three eyes. It is um, identify identify what your weaknesses, mm -hmm. um, your imagination. Mm -hmm. You know, that's why I try to use the phones and stuff. So you, you should imagine you're in a, every time you're, you're in the gym training, you're in a game, put yourself in a game situation. Mm -hmm. And uh, intensity, mm -hmm. you gotta go at a, a high intensity, like you know what I mean? Yeah, so right. so um, look into one of the cameras and say the three eyes have been stolen. <laughs> <laughs> Give me that. <laughs> uh, 
So what about boy? Uh, intensity? I got it already. Intensity. Identify. Identify. And hold on, hold on. Intensity. Identify. Well, that's one of them. But and uh, also order to it. Well, it could go. The last two could be interchangeable. But your, but it starts with identifying with your weaknesses. Got it. Then you use your imagination. 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 We got it. We got it. So we'll tweet about that later on. We'll tag you. This, this, it makes sense. Not makes so much sense. Yeah. Everybody has some. Everybody has a person growing up that just gave you fits, like made it hard. So right. when you drill them, you you know if you go at a weak intensity, that person is gonna take it all right, right. So you gotta imagine I'm in the same situation but going against whoever that person right. is. You know what I mean? That right. so they already know that you so when you if you were to come to a session, that's what people say, like, man, they go, they're not doing intricate stuff, but they're going at such a house. You know what right. I mean? Like teaching about change of speed and you know, right. things right. that people don't People focus on all the moves, and yeah. they're like, one of the most effective moves is to change the speed. Yeah. <laughs> you have a boost. If you could beat a person every time one move go, I don't gotta do no moves. Yeah. I remember Latrell Sprewell was power right every time. Mm -hmm. Everyone knew it. Yeah. No one stopped. <laughs> Not a person stopped. A legend from here. Yeah. One of my, you wanna know who my favorite growing up? Tony Hargraves. Oh, really? One hand bandit. He told me all the time. He told me all the Right. To come, they used to, you know, they used to come to the uh, prom town. Uh -huh. to the Jersey. Oh, James Ryan. Yeah, that's my guy. That's <laughs> my guy, man. Oh, we're old. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I want to thank you guys for coming to the, um, the Mecca, the podcast, to discuss primarily not only the culture of basketball, but also the training culture as it relates to New York City and obviously New Jersey. Um, again, Kenneth Robinson, Alan Watson, um, Thank you guys for coming by. Appreciate um, you, man. Appreciate you, man. Appreciate you. Yes. We out of here. Yes, sir. All the time. We got it.